Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is Rashawn Evans, and you're listening to the No Nonsense Podcast. to No Nonsense, a Tennessee Titans podcast, your place to go for on-demand Titans coverage that is 100% free of the nonsense that we always see in sports these days. I'm Luke Worsham, joined by the other two hosts of No Nonsense, Matthias Wadner and Will Lomas. We are back, everybody, for season number three of No Nonsense. Hard to believe it has been pretty much exactly two years since we kicked this thing off in 2019, after another two years together with the Titan Size Podcast. This is year five of the three of us podcasting together, and, and I think we're a lot better at it now than we were that very first time we sat down to do this. I think it was recently I pulled that up and, and like sent it to y'all. It was painful to listen to. Yeah, we definitely have a more natural feel now, and we have more <laughs> chemistry with each other. Uh, but we still have our moments of, uh, you know, where it doesn't go as well. But uh, we have been better. We have gotten better. Yeah, it's not exactly a seamless transition from episode one to episode, I don't know, we must be on like 150 well, or something. Yeah, at this point. So, so we're going to hit number 200 at some point this season. See, there you go. So if you feel this unbond between all of us, it's, that's what happens when you do nearly 200 podcast episodes and uh, probably 400 hours before the podcast get, gets like actually recorded. Yeah, I, I can't remember when exactly that is, but we will hit number 200 this season and, and we'll, we'll, we'll be sure to do something big whenever that comes up. It'll be a, a few months before that happens. But we're back and the Titans are – one week away from reporting to training camp. The first practice of training camp that we open to reporters is July 28th. That is one week away from when this episode will be released. And it's really exciting. Um, even me as someone, like I've had a, a great summer. I've had a lot of fun taking some time away from football, uh, resting up, relaxing, spending a lot of time with with friends. It's been a lot of fun. Um so it's not like I've been sitting around twiddling my thumbs missing football, uh, but I always love training camp, and you know I've yet to watch Julio Jones practice, so I'm looking forward to that. But we're just one week away from 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 the snowball sort of getting rolling, and that's going to be a lot of fun, I think. Yeah, I've been writing to you guys every now and then in the group chat, and also I write to my friends. I'm just like, I need football to get here. I cannot wait for football season. Uh, it's kind of we're kind of at that point where it's getting really close. We're only a couple of weeks away from preseason starting. 
only a month and a half away from the regular season starting. And football season is just the best. The Like the fall vibe, the fall air uh, is in the air. And it's just a great feeling. Uh, and we have even more games than ever because they moved to 17 games this year. So it's exciting. And hopefully the Titans are going to be as good as they have been in previous seasons. They should be better because the, the talent on the roster uh, is probably better than it has been in, in a long time. So uh, it's definitely an exciting time to be a football fan and an exciting time to be a Titans fan. Yeah, and I've been spamming our group chat with like preseason, like Hall of Fame game dates and all this <laughs> stuff. And we we can discuss what is real football and what is not real football. But like I say, every you know January when when it gets to this part, this these June July doldrums, like if you're not itching for football, like I guess I understand. But we're just not built the same because if there was a way I could speed up and have the preseason start tomorrow and stretch out five weeks i would 100 percent do it but I, I know that we don't necessarily share those sentiments but it, it is it is time for football to be back yeah i can't even imagine you guys because i had soccer to hold me over there were two international tournaments they lasted like a whole month long uh argentina my, my national team was playing uh in the tournament for for over a month I don't know how you guys even got through that lull because it gets really long. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk more about training camp and, and, and what we're going to be looking at next week as we do sort of a more formal training camp introduction. But I do want to touch on one topic of training camp, and that is the updated uh, media policies that we're going to see in place for training camp. Because for the first time since locker cleanout day of 2019, there will be in-person interviews taking place, according to the email I was sent, every day after practice. That will include Mike Vrabel. It will include eventually assistant coaches and also players. So that's very exciting. They have upped the number of media who will be allowed at each practice. And based on that number you know, your your normal local media will all be able to be there every day. So, you, you know, if you're the Tennessean and you've got two riders, you don't have to split it up between the two. They can both go to all the practices. And also, what I'd like to discuss is the NFL will only be credentialing vaccinated reporters for the 2021 season. Uh, I think it's a really interesting choice, and I think it's probably the right choice and that comes less from a mindset of, you know, you want to be safe from COVID or whatever. It is more of, you know, I am vaccinated. And in order for us to do our jobs effectively, we need to be there and have as much physical access as possible. And we're not going to get that physical access without vaccination. So I'm all for just saying, look, if you want this access, we're going to give you good access, but you got to be vaccinated. I think it makes a ton of sense. Yeah, it also gives gives uh, people an incentive to get vaccinated, which, uh, not to get political, but I think we all agree is is what should be being done. And the NFL has, has been very proactive this offseason uh, in terms of incentivizing getting vaccinated, especially to, to all the teams. Uh, I don't exactly know the rule. I think it's if you have like 85% vaccination rate on the team, uh, you get some some benefits. You get like 
I don't, I don't exactly know what it is, but it, it's definitely uh, a good incentive to get vaccinated. And, and I like that it's uh, branching out from not only the team, but also to the reporters and everyone that works uh, alongside the team and reports on the team. Well, I'll say this. I do know that and this isn't like insider knowledge or anything. This was on Twitter a month or so ago. Coaches who are not vaccinated are basically locked in their office all day. They can't go on the practice field. They can't travel with the team. They can't coach from the field. Like they're pretty much just, you know, like I said, restricted to their office. So I think that's incentive enough for a coach to get vaccinated. Like for me, not having to wear a mask was like incentive number one. Cause I've, freaking hate those suckers so once uh, you know when they said you don't have to wear a mask if you're vaccinated sign me up yeah i mean i i had covid so it's super not fun uh to actually have it even worse than wearing a mask so you know like i i can't remember if y'all did y'all don't have to say i just wanted to volunteer that it no it is i mean i haven't i've yet to even have to be tested for it like i haven't even had a close contact Oh, so you, you could have had it. You just don't know. You yeah, you and it's not tested, like and it's, so. it's not it's not like I've been like locked down in a bunker or anything for the last year. I've just gotten lucky. I haven't been a, been around anybody that's had it. Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, I there were people that were moving my mom into a different house. They weren't wearing a mask. I went over there for an hour, and it's the only people uh, like outside of my circle. So like, it, it has to be where I got it. So I mean, yeah. it, it spread super quick. You know, one of those things, but. Yeah, like, you know, the, the the players on teams should do it because it gives you a competitive advantage. I think they said in that memo or whatever that if you have 80% vaccination rate or whatever it is, 85%, that you get to play with 12 guys on defense, which is cool. <laughs> um, but, uh, I mean, seriously, like, it's, it's just – it's easier to do this. Everybody hates Zoom meetings. Like, NFL players are a lot like college students. Like – it's so much more helpful for them to be in person learning than it is for them to try to do it. And we saw, you know, all the contributions from the rookie class last year. And that kind of should show you how much this coaching staff in particular needs hands on drills and demonstrations. So, uh, I mean, you know, like, like Matias said, not, not getting political, but just using common sense and science. Like I hope they all get, you know, over the threshold. And I hope everybody who goes to Nissan stadium has it and, we don't have to worry about any outbreaks, which, you know, sends people home and makes Nissan Stadium rethink their policy on it. Like, uh, like all, all of that hopefully falls into place. I just hope I never have to interview a player again over Zoom. Vrabel, I don't necessarily mind because he speaks in press conferences anyway. And, and there has been talk about doing his, keeping his Monday press conference on Zoom just to make things easier on everybody. But the player interviews on Zoom, just brutal. So glad to be putting that in the past. All right, guys, we've got a few topics that we want to get into today. We're going to talk about Delaney Walker and his strange comments regarding his placement in the Hall of Fame. We're going to talk about what it would look like if the NFL had an expansion draft. I know a lot of people have been doing that on Twitter in, in response to the NHL having their second expansion draft in recent history. Who, who would we protect if, if we had to protect players as the Titans? But first, I want to talk about Ryan Tannehill, guys. Because the, the time that we took off from this podcast 
was like summer of Ryan Tannehill's slander on Twitter. I don't know what happened. Like, we, I guess we're the keepers of Ryan Tannehill's legacy, and and when we went away, people just went crazy. Um, it, it's the same problem that we've seen for the last couple of years. People don't understand how good this guy is. Like, you know, he led the NFL in pass rating in 2020, one NFL or 2019, one NFL player comeback player of the year. 2020 had a, a great season, but people still just think he's the guy who hands it off to Derrick Henry. And it's not even exclusive to like Twitter. Like I have had friends and people come up to me and be like, hey man, do you really think Tannehill's all that good? And I'm like, yeah, I do. And they're like, why? And I, I, where what what's happening? Why I, it, it it irks me to no end, and I, I and I don't care. Like I'm I don't have a personal interest in this. It's just something p- people are wrong, <laughs> largely. Well, I th- I think it yeah they are wrong, and I think it it happens in pretty much every sport where people will have an impression of a player uh, in a certain situation, and they just can never. Uh, except that that player improves in another situation, and they all they will always have the no, it's just Tannehill from from the Dolphins, uh, but it's not. He's a completely different player, but people just can't accept that fact. And at this point, I don't I don't think that they ever will because I don't know how much more how much more evidence they need. He's done it for two straight seasons, uh, and, and even if you look past all the incredibly uh, efficient stats, the touchdowns. Uh, the completion percentage, whatever you want to look at. I mean, he's also winning games, and that's what most quarterbacks are judged by. And he's won 18 games in uh, in uh, 28, 28 tries over the last two seasons. And, and I don't know what else he could possibly uh, do to change people's minds. If, if they're not changed by now, then they never will be. Yeah, it's it's – this weird misconception that people have. And I wrote a little bit about this. Uh, I think it was late last week or the middle of last week or something like that. Um, just cause I wanted to look, we always talk about like, you have to win your division to win the super bowl. Like uh, almost every time this, this Tom Brady year was an outlier, but uh, it, against the AFC South team, since he's been starting with Tennessee, he's eight and two against them. He has he averages eight point nine uh, yards per attempt, and he has a twenty seven to two touchdown to interception interception ratio. So, like twenty seven to two is an insane like ten game stretch. Like, so not only is he super efficient, but he's putting points on the board. He's not you know he's not throwing one yard passes at the goal line. He's got an eight point nine yards per attempt. Like it, it's not like he's you know, padding the stats, he, you know, there's one, two, there's two games where he's thrown more than 30 times. Also, why doesn't anyone ever bring up the fact that Derrick Henry has gotten substantially better ever since Tannehill has taken over and been the starting quarterback? I mean, he ran for 2000 yards last season and you can't just say that it's, it's not a byproduct of Tannehill and the passing offense being, insanely efficient and giving defenses something to be scared of if they're not running the ball like that's definitely a part of it but people just can't can't accept that fact and i think what people also don't understand 
is, yeah, the Titans run the ball a lot, but their passing game is not like some kind of, you know, dink and dunk screens and slants. Like, when they throw the ball, which is a decent amount, it's not like they run the ball 40 times and throw 15. Like, when they run, the, when they throw the ball, they're taking shots. And, and Ryan Tannehill's really good at that. Yeah, and you know, to to like to both your points, like you can see just just the eye test, you can see how much different this offense is than what it was with the Demarco Murray, uh, Derrick Henry combination with with Mariota back, you know, in two thousand sixteen or seventeen or whatever it was. Like you, you can see how much more vertically threatening this is, and how much more. I mean, how much just productive it's it's so much more productive it's like 30 points per game now and you know that's that's not Mariota slander but it's just it's a different thing like I think Mariota could be a perfectly functional quarterback I mean that's not the conversation we're having today but like what Tannehill has done it just it shows you how good Derrick Henry can be because if you need to throw a deep pass to some no name receiver that anybody's heard of like Khalif Raymond two years ago, he can do it. Like he doesn't need to throw every pass to Corey Davis or AJ Brown. Like he, he made plenty of games work with Tajay Sharp and Khalif Raymond and, you know, other guys like that as the number two wide receivers. So he's this, it's this weird combination of people who don't want to give him the respect he deserves from what he's done. And now they're going to, continue to disrespect him in the future because they're going to say well you know now he has julio jones and aj brown and everybody said yeah but what about the two years before that when he was scoring and it's like yeah but that was arthur smith's offense like it was different like and they had derrick henry when he was rushing for two thousand yards it's like all there's a reason why there's so much success and so many different people you can give credit to and that's because he does his job so well so you know at, at the end of the day Titans fans have to take it all in stride because you'd rather feel like your players are underrated than feel like they're correctly rated at the bottom of a list. And you would rather have an offense that scores 30 points per game than an offense that could do so much better if, and then insert whatever you want to insert there. So here's what we're going to do. Because a lot of people, what they're wanting is, well, where does Ryan Tannehill rank among NFL quarterbacks? And if you've been listening to us for a while, you know that that is something we love to do, is rank the Titans starting quarterback versus the other 31. We did it with Mariota a couple of times, once on the Titans Size podcast. And then for our very first episode ever of No Nonsense, we did it again with Mariota. And now that we're kicking off Season 3, we're going to do this with Ryan Tannehill. We're going to go through the 31 other NFL teams. It's a pretty quick process, and we each get a vote. Is this quarterback better than Tannehill, worse than Tannehill, or is it a push? And and whatever the majority of us vote, that is where that quarterback will get placed. And then we get to see where Ryan Tannehill places among NFL quarterbacks. We're going to do that in 30 seconds, so be sure to stick around. Okay, guys, let's just go division by division to make this easy to remember. All 32 teams will start close to home in the AFC South. And, and we're going to start with a doozy. I'm not sure who to say from the Texans. Do we say Watson? Do we say Terod Taylor? Uh, anybody other Watson. than Watson. No, there's no chance. <laughs> the no. Of the new <laughs> well, 
the thing is, is like you have to remember before all these allegations and stuff, he was so furious well, th- that they didn't hire th- Biemi th- that he was like, the time and, "This isn't the time and place for this conversation." Look, Watson. We'll put. I, I'm going to say let's do, but let's do two. Deshaun Watson better than Ryan Tannehill. I would take Watson. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah Watson that's fine. goes in the better category. Tarod Taylor worse than Tannehill. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Jacksville Jaguars Trevor Lawrence worse than Tannehill for now. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Indianapolis Colts Carson Wentz worse. Yes. Now Wentz is better for sure. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. AFC North Cincinnati Bengals Joe Burrow worse. Yep. Yes. But much closer than any other name we've said so far. Pittsburgh Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger, worse? Yes, much worse. Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson, push is my vote. I would rather have Tannehill, to be honest. Yeah, I think think if you're talking – I mean, we can get into the, you know, semantics of it, but like – and a quarterback who can do more things for you is Tannehill. But for, for me. Hmm. So you're putting – y'all are both saying worse for Lamar. Yes. Yeah. This is the one that gets on my nerves that everyone points to when they start making this list. Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield, Cleveland Browns. Worse. Tannehill better. Easily. Yeah. 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 So, but why does everyone want to act like Baker's better than Ryan Tannehill? The, the the hype on Baker's gotten out of hand this offseason. I don't know where it came from. I mean, he was fine last year. I mean, but people are acting like he's a top eight quarterback, and I think that's insane. I'm gonna go ahead and say this yeah. now. I had this on a list of, of stuff I was deciding between for my stop the nonsense. This was Dan Orlovsky said, "quote Baker Mayfield resurrected the worst franchise in the NFL." Baker Mayfield did not resurrect the Browns. He's a he's Ugh. a serviceable, above average starting quarterback. He did not resurrect anyone. Their their GM resurrected the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, yes, like they are a loaded with talent. Them. Yeah, and having a million first round picks like will do that. But yeah, AFC West: Denver Broncos, Drew Locke, worse. Yes. Oh my God! Yes, Los Angeles Chargers, Justin Herbert. This is interesting. I need another season. I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm I'm voting push. I'll vote I'll vote push. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, excuse me. Las Vegas Raiders. Derek Carr. Worse. Yes. Uh huh. Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes. Better. Yeah. Just kidding. Oh yeah, my God. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. <laughs> Rounding out the American Football Conference with the AFC East, New England Patriots, Cam Newton. Worse? Yes. Yeah. 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 Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen. Better? Uh, maybe. Like, uh, Josh Allen. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Josh Allen looks really good. Miami Dolphins, Tua Tonga Vailoa. Worse? <laughs> Worse. Uh, and rounding out the AFC with the final team in the AFC North, which is escaping me at this moment. It's the Jets uh, from the, the East. The Jets, Zach Wilson, worse. Worse. Yeah, worse. Okie dokie. Moving on to the NFC. Let's start at the very best. Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, better. 
Yep. Oh, are we saying he's with the Packers? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Moving on in the AFC West to, or not West, North, to the Chicago Bears, Justin Fields worse. (laughs) Yeah. Or or Andy Dalton, definitely worse. Both worse. (laughs) Yes. Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins. Worse. worse. I say worse. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. That, but I feel like that one is one that a lot of people would also For, get caught yeah, up Yeah, there are people out there who think Kirk Cousins is better than Tannehill. I can assure you, oh, but he's not. Yeah, I yeah, just think Kirk Cousins melts but... down anytime a big moment comes up, and we've seen Tannehill rise to the occasion a bunch. Yeah, Cousins yeah. Is, well, like just just a guy. He's just a guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just for a side, Kirk Cousins or Baker Mayfield. I would take Kirk Cousins, man. I would too. I Am would I crazy? Too. Oh, okay. I'm with you. Okay. I don't. I don't know that they're that much different. I mean, like I think Baker Mayfield gives you more of his legs, but I think Baker yeah. Mayfield makes dumber mistakes. That so, is. but I think I think if you put them both on the same team, they'd win the same number of games. Yeah. Okay. Continuing in the NFC North, actually rounding out the NFC North, uh, Jared Goff, Detroit Lions, worse. Yeah, yeah, so much worse. I forget that he plays for the Lions. Like, I mean, just <laughs> he, I, he just does banished not him. Bro- he banished him. Yeah. Bro- NFC South, New Orleans Saints. Insert quarterback here. Worse. 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 <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of Ryan, not only, going on. Ryan Ryan Tannehill is a better wildcat whatever than Taysom Hill, <laughs> and he's or a James Winston. James yeah. Winston. Yeah. So it's like, hey, pick your poison. He'd be better. Matt Ryan, Atlanta Falcons, better? No. No. Hill's better. Yeah, Tannehill. You think he's better? Not even a push? No, not not close. I think Matt Ryan's kind of falling off a good yeah. amount of the last couple of seasons. Man. Y'all are yeah. y'all are being years brutal. ago I would have said yes. Well, I it like I, I, I say this because I just watched all the Julio Jones targets from 2020. <laughs> and my guy is throwing passes way behind all the time. He's got nothing on his deep ball. Like it, it is, it's hard to watch. Okay. Fair enough. Continuing in the NFC South with Carolina Panthers, Sam Darnold. <laughs> my God. Is yeah. That really yeah. That, worse. Yeah. Worse. <laughs> And rounding out the NFC South, I again cannot recall the fourth team. The Buccaneers. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll put him in a better category. All right. Yeah. He looked really good last year. Yeah. <laughs> in the playoffs. In the playoffs. Two more divisions to go. NFC West, Seattle Seahawks, Russell Wilson. Better. Yeah, yeah, I would take Russ. Yes. Uh, why is that? A, why is that iffy? Because Russell Wilson. Yeah, fixing, yeah. After about week nine, he really kind of trailed. But historically, Russell Wilson is yeah. is a very good quarterback. So I'm, yeah, I'll still give him that. Uh, I will say yes. that that team is a giant fraud. That everyone always thinks they're going to be outstanding, yeah. and they never do anything. Well, the problem is they're always. They're always built to pass, and they always run it. Like it's like, oh, you have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and uh, Golden Tate back in the day. I think they had, and it's like you've got all these guys, and they're like, well, we want to be a run first team, and it's like, but then they start throwing it, and they don't win games because I I don't know if Russell Wilson can't hang. I I don't know what it is, but like there there seems to be no good answer. 
This is an interesting one. Los Angeles Rams, Matthew Stafford. Uh, I put I put Tannehill, but I mean I, I see where the debate would be. But I mean Tannehill the last two years has been fantastic. I'm like, gonna say push. I would say Tannehill, but after this year, it could change. If Stafford shows out with uh, McVay, it could change. But I'm saying so, Tannehill. Well, yeah, Stafford. Your vote was I, Tannehill better. Yeah, yeah. I think Stafford has gotten a long, gotten by on. Yeah, but it's Matt Stafford, and he's playing with the Lions. It's like, yeah, but he also had Calvin Johnson and Kenny Galladay and uh, also Golden Tate again and Marvin Jones. And, like, it's like, I mean, I, I don't know. He's played with some really good players. But, yeah, like, I, I, I'll, I'll give that to Tannehill for sure. Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray. This is another popular one to put ahead of it's Tannehill. insane. Yes, yeah. It's Bonkers! Yeah. Like I think he was like almost even touchdown interception ratio, or so something crazy. Like just Dude, Kyler couldn't throw for most of the season. I don't know what people have been watching. They're it, they're not even close quarterback wise. It's the same thing as Baker Mayfield, like you said earlier. It's like they these guys got all the hype, and people spent whole summers talking about how great they were going to be for their puff pieces, and then when they came out and they weren't that good, it's like, well, but you know they're young. And it's like nobody watches them because they're on bad teams. And it's like, oh, okay. I mean, yeah, for sure Tannehill. San Francisco 49ers, Trey Garoppolo. Tannehill. (laughs) Yeah. Tannehill for sure. Final division, the NFC East. Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott, push. This might be a debate. I'm picking Dak. Well, you're the deciding vote. I mean, I, I'm I'm not deciding anything. I picked Tannehill. I think Dak is super overrated, but that's so, just so, because. So, so that that puts Dak in the push category since we each voted. For yeah, each I, I guess. Options. Yeah, I guess that would break the tie that way. All right, moving on to the New York Giants and Danny Dimes. <laughs> Lots of quarterbacks in the NFL, huh? That's yeah, ter- yeah. It turns out that all these people are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Washington football team Ryan Fitzpatrick. I love yeah. Fitzpatrick, but for sure, yes. <laughs> and the final quarterback that we will take a look at in this exercise today. Help me out, Hurts. Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Jalen Hurts, <laughs> Philadelphia oh. Eagles, worse. Yeah. Worse. Yeah, worse for sure. He like he's probably not even going to be their starter once they trade for Deshaun Watson. I feel like we picked like four quarterbacks ahead of Tannehill. Are you I ready? Think that's the correct amount. Are you ready Go for ahead. the final final count? Yeah. yeah. Twenty four worse. Two pushes and six better, meaning that at worst, collectively, we think Ryan Tannehill is the ninth best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, that's yeah. That yeah. feels right. Like, I mean, uh, rem- remembering. Yeah. Like, remembering the guys we just went over in the NFC East, where it's like, oh, yeah, is he better than Daniel Jones or uh, Jalen Hurts? It's like, yeah, all these guys are terrible. Like, every <laughs> every division has two bad quarterbacks at least. Yeah. The two, the two pushes we had were Dak and Justin Herbert. And the only one, looking back at the list, that we really had disagreement on 
was Lamar Jackson, uh, uh and Dak. Da- well, Dak, and, and I mean people in the worst category that we disagreed on, and Stafford, uh, Stafford and Matt Ryan, Stafford, Lamar, and Matt Ryan. Yeah, I, I remember for for Ryan, I said better, and for Stafford, I said push. That, like, yeah. that could change for me after the season because Ryan has Arthur Smith running his offense. Stafford is going to have McVay. He probably should have the best season of his career. Uh, so that could change. And, like, I always see these these top ten quarterback lists, uh, and I always see Lamar Jackson, like, eight or seven. I think that's about where he is. I would put him, like, one behind Tannehill, not that far. I, and I don't think that's, that's too crazy of a take. I think – I think people are so in love with fantasy football that they see Lamar yeah. Jackson and they're same thing with Kyler Murray. I think that's why he's also up there is people are like, I mean, he's just putting up yards in every way he can. And it's like, yeah, but that's not the best way to play quarterback. Like because you can run and pass doesn't mean that you're playing your position correctly. Like I, I, I just, I don't, I don't love those. Like I don't, I don't, th- th- those, those, two i think are over hyped like i don't know but like i said even if we took the ones that most of the ones that we disagreed on it was me being less high on Tannehill than you two and, and everyone knows yes. i'm a i'm a big Tannehill guy and so even if we went with my list Tannehill is still at at the highest like 8 or 9 and then at the lowest like 11 or 12 yeah, I think like if we go by my list, he's top five or six. If we go by like Matias's list, he's probably top seven, and then you're probably right outside of that. And it's not, you know, I know I I, I get the rap of being the curmudgeon, but like with Tannehill, I'm not. I'm a, I'm a big Tannehill fan. It's just, I think yeah. we all are. We yeah. might yeah. just be slightly higher, but it's like two position spots. Like, plus it's like a it's like a taste thing. Quarterbacks are very, they have different styles. They win in different ways. Some of us like others more than uh, another person. Like, I like Dak a lot more than Will, for example, uh, but he likes others more than I do. Like, I think it's you know, pretty normal. You know what I think would be fun? It, uh, <laughs> I'm thinking out loud, planning our, our future episodes right now. <laughs> uh, when we start to have guests on during training camp, I think it would be fun to play this game with guests. We do it very quickly. I mean, it wouldn't take more than three minutes to shout off a name, and then they say better or worse. There doesn't have to be analysis to it. Because yeah. I would be interested to see, like, what, you know, a lot of the guests that we have on here, like Buck and and Joe Rexroad and, and Teron and guys like that would have to say about all of this. Yeah, they, the, like, the one qualification is they have to have seen a Titans game, which seems to not be a qualification for, like, some <laughs> national broadcast. yeah. yeah. So we're going to play another game now. We're going to play the expansion draft game in honor of the Seattle. Is it Kraken or Kraken? Kraken. Kraken. Let's get Kraken on this game. We're going to play right here. The expansion draft game. Will, you came up with the rules for us, and it was also your idea to play this. So why don't you explain to the lovely people at home what we are about to be doing? Yeah, so this is a tweet that went around uh, yesterday from Carter Donick. Uh, thinks his name and his rules are if an NFL expansion draft was happening and your team was allowed to protect seven players on offense, 
eight players on defense and all rookies were exempt, who would you pick? So basically the way this works is you get to protect seven offensive players, eight defensive players, and another team is going to come in and pick whichever player they like the best that isn't protected. So it's not necessarily about keeping the absolute best players at their position. Some of it is the drop-off between you know what you have and what's below it or how hard a position is defined like so it's not it's not just name your top players there has to be some strategy to it but at the same time you do want to end up with you know hopefully the seven players you protect on offense are seven of your eight best players and you might lose a good player that's you know that's part of it but you keep the guys that you think are the hardest to replace for your franchise Ready to hop in? Yeah. Do we? How do we? Yeah. Do it like. So uh, the way (laughs) I kind of envisioned it when I pitched it is, we would go through and we'll go position by position. So we'll say, okay, you know, on the offensive side, how many quarterbacks did you keep? And then we'll discuss. Yeah. You know. Okay, that's good. So we will do that in thirty seconds. We're going to take a quick break first, and then we will play this game. Okay, let's hop in, and and following Will's lead, position by position, we're going to start offense, where we protected seven players. I protected one quarterback, wink, wink. Uh, yeah. Same. Logan Heiss, that's too right? good. Oh. oh. <laughs> and then I imagine, it was this, I imagine it was the same outcome at running back, so let's just move on to receiver, uh, or unless anybody protected Evans. No, I did not. Darrington Evans, that being. Offensive line, I took three. I had three as well. Yep. Who were your, your three? Lawan Davis and Saffold. Yeah. I, I had Lawan Saffold and Jones. Oh. Mm. I think Davis because he's younger. Yeah. yeah it, it, and I, I thought about it. I think that was my seventh player was trying to pick between those two. And I'll explain my case for Ben Jones. Um I think that we've heard before from interviews and stuff that he sets the protections on the offensive line. He's also the guy who's missed the li- the least amount of time of the offensive lineman over the past two years. I think he's missed like one game, and it was uh, two thousand nine or two thousand yeah two thousand nineteen. Like so, like he's played the most. He's the smartest of the group. We've seen that when he's on, he can help the guys beside him. And historically, for this offensive line, he's been a really valuable piece just w- when they work the middle of the line. And some of that, yeah. is, it, it all got upgraded when Saffold was there. So I wanted to keep him and Saffold together because if you keep those guys together, you have center, left guard, left tackle all locked in. You know, I, for me, it's an age thing. Like Matias said, Nate Davis is going into year three. He's got a super bright future ahead of him, whereas Ben Jones realistically could fall off the map any day now. Yeah, plus I think we said rookies are exempt, right? Like they're on the team one way or another. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so you keep Davis, and you also have Raiden at right tackle. So you have a nice nice young core on the right yeah. side. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and another thing is like, 
for me, I, I really liked what Brewer did last year when he was in. Uh, so, like, I would not mind seeing him as, like, the next guard. But I don't know that I've seen a center play as well as Ben Jones has played for the, for the Titans in the last, like, 10 years. We had so many bad centers. I think I'm just shell-shocked. Yeah. Maybe maybe your your pick would have changed if Jameel Douglas was still on the team and he was next man. <laughs> yeah, I, I would sacrifice one of my uh, I would sacrifice one of my protection slots just to make sure that another team took Jameel Douglas. <laughs> yeah, wide receiver, I kept two. Yep, yep, same. Julio and AJ Brown. Defense, outside linebacker slash edge pass rusher, I kept two. Okay, now are you you're saying like pass rusher, pass rusher, or off ball linebackers included? Edge pass rusher. Okay, just okay, gotcha. Yeah, I have two. I have one. So you only kept Dupree. Dupree. Yeah. Well, look who loves Harold Landry now. Yeah, it's absolutely. Thank you, Luke, for, uh, for for showing the one healthy, productive member of the defense last year some respect. <laughs> I mean, what's, I was, the, what's the logic there? I think Dupree's a more well-rounded. Well, no, why, why Landry off? I guess we'll get to that because you had to have picked someone over him. So we'll hold off and let you explain okay. that in a minute. Well, let me uh, let me ask you this: Was it a numbers issue, or you went through and were like, "I'm not keeping Landry," like before you even got I to was, your next position group? No, I was only going to pick one edge rusher, and I was between Dupree and Landry. Gotcha. But I like Dupree more as like a well-rounded. Uh, edge rusher. Okay. I mean, I don't know how many times he's dropped back in the coverage like Harold Landry, but whatever. Well, <laughs> not, not on my team. Not on my team. In, interior defensive line, I kept two. Yep. Wait, hold on. How many defensive players did we pick? Isn't it three? Eight. <laughs> no, it's eight. Oh my god. I so heard. so now now I see what you have. I, now I see what you had such a hard time. You're like, I was only gonna keep one edge and I, was I like, thought ah. it was ten overall and it was seven offense, three defense. <laughs> this is this is an all time blooper. I was like I, I, I was you, like We'll give you a minute to, to pick another four. Go ahead and or another five, I should say. Go ahead and put yeah, Landry no, down <laughs> and then and then pick four more. <laughs> Matias is like I, I'm going to pick now, uh, three defensive linemen. <laughs> now, yes, if if I could only pick three, I don't think that Harold. Well, uh, if I could pick three, I think Harold Landry would honestly still make. I the do cut too. I, yeah, I, th- I think I think Harold Landry makes it, but it's let, it's let, while, while Matias is rounding out his actual list. Let's let's do that. If it's just three, I think for me it would be. Definitely Dupree and Simmons, and that third would be between Landry and Byard. Okay, yeah, I'm ready. So well, I'll tell you my three. It was Simmons, Dupree, and Kevin Byard. But okay. now I have eight. And All right. Landry is one of the eight. <laughs> okay. So. Well, love, it, to, love to see it. <laughs> interior of the defensive line, I kept two. Will also kept two. How many did you keep, Matias? Two, Simmons and Autry. Yeah, that's what I did. Will's yeah, like, so no, I, I kept Isaiah Mack, even though he's not on the team anymore. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I reacquired Isaiah Mack and uh, kept Tier Tart. Dickerson. <laughs> yeah, traded for Mack and Dickerson. Off-ball linebacker, I kept one. 
I also kept one. Yeah, me too. Okay, Matias, who did you keep? Jayon. Okay. Yeah, that's who I kept. Okay. Jayon Brown. Yeah. Yeah. This okay. Might be. Cornerback. I kept. Well, let me double check that. I kept Seven. one. I also kept one. I also kept one. Big Chris, right? Fulton. No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, you kept Jenkins? Not, yeah, I kept Norris Jenkins. Wow. Okay. I mean, he's just, he's Malcolm Butler. Like, he's the same guy, just at a, you know, more flexible price for I think Will, Will doesn't really care about the age. I'm, I'm starting to pick up that. <laughs> that well, yeah, well, here's the thing. Like, if rookies, if win rookies now. are locked in, you've got Caleb Farley and Elijah Molden. How young do you need yeah. to be? Like, that's true. Keep, I, mean, I, I think there's a reasonable chance that Christian Fulton is better than Janoris Jenkins. I think that would have to be – I think that would be tough. Like, he's been really good the last – I mean, he's been good for the last eight years, but he's been really solid despite his age for the last two. But, I mean, I, I think Fulton could be good. Like, and this is nothing against Fulton. Yeah. And if I had one more, I would have picked him. But to me, if there's a position that can stand to lose – more veterans in any other position, it's the one you spent two top 100 picks on in this draft. Safety. I kept two. Yep. Yeah. Byard and Hooker. Yeah. So we are like all Hooker. pretty similar. The only real disagreement was on the offensive line. And, and, and then, and then the, the cornerback one we just talked about. I'm laughing thinking of the players you guys thought I would keep on the defense when I didn't pick Landry, <laughs> even though we had eight. Options. Yeah, I was like, man, I, well, here, I'll tell you exactly what I thought happened. I thought you would have kept everybody else the same, but your Landry pick would have been uh, David Long or Rashawn Evans. Like, not that you're like a, a you know, a Rashawn Evans that or David Long. That would just Long be fan, so stupid. But, I know. But just like, I, I mean – just in terms of it's like okay linebackers like the drop off is big but i mean i really don't like to me i think and y'all can argue with me if you want i think it's jayon brown is the best linebacker on the team then david long and then evans and rice are gonna have to like fight for who gets to be the third like who gets to be the sub backer that's actually taking place on day one of training camp just a fight between them those two of them no, yeah. no, no pads. Just, yeah. a, just shorts and a jersey. Yeah, I mean, and even if Monty Rice won, like Mike Vrabel would be like, uh, "Actually, Rashawn's my boy, so I'm going to go with Rashawn because he <laughs> loves Rashawn." But uh, I mean, that is what it is. Be nice if Rashawn doesn't suck this year. I'm yeah, not like huge, I'm not a huge David Long fan to be honest. Like, I think he's fine, uh, but I think Evans at his peak is is much better than David Long. The problem is we haven't seen that peak in, I don't know, two years, two and a half years. It was since, since the playoff, since the 2019 playoffs when like he was actually Before doing Mahomes it. ruined his career. Cause yeah. Cause like, remember like it was him and David Long that shut down Lamar Jackson. Like they were just all over the place doing, you know, doing what they're supposed to do. Like, and then the same thing against the Patriots with Tom Brady, like, that it was Rashawn Evans was stopping like that uh, goal line play, and then he did a couple of good things there. And then uh, I think Jayon played half, and he was injured. So like, I think David Long has played 
good football. I think the problem is there's no consistency at what they want to do at linebacker, and they constantly move guys in and out with no sort of rhyme or reason. It's just like we're going to take Rashawn out or Jayon is out for half the season with an injury. It's like there's so much movement that they can't get a consistent like chemistry there. All right. One last step to this game that I'm going to add. Take your list, and then who would you poach from the Titans? That's a good one. Wait, I'm confused. So, what do you mean? So if you if you were the team, so this is like protecting players. If you were looking at the players left oh. and you were a team creating an expansion team. So I think we have to start talking about with Nate Davis and uh, Christian Fulton or, and I guess Janoris Jenkins and Ben Jones, like if you were one of those teams, because yeah. those are the guys we had the most debate about. For me, it would be between probably Josh Reynolds and Janoris Jenkins with my list. Cause I protected Davis. Yeah. With and my I, list. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I, I was just going to say, I think Ben Jones value is exponentially higher for the Titans for the reason you mentioned will than it would be for any other team. Right. Um, Ferkser would be a nice piece. Yeah, yeah. I, I had my eye on it. Like I think, Ferkser, it like if you're just like, look, he's going to be our Delaney Walker. Like he's going to be your vertical seam threat. Like you're going to throw to him a lot. Like he's young enough. Like that. Like that. There's something yeah. there. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Ferkser now that you mentioned that over Josh Reynolds and Janoris Jenkins. Yeah. And, yeah, if the Titans didn't have AJ Brown and Julio Jones, like, and also like on this list, they have three undrafted free agents that they could keep uh, at tight end. So it's like they've got a ton of rookie pass catchers. But most other years, I think Ferkser would ended up protected. Can we pick a specialist? I would. I would take Kern if I needed a punter. Hey, he's old. I would take uh, Morgan Cox, the only All Pro <laughs> punter or only All Pro long snapper ever named. Honestly, I'd consider Darrington Evans if uh, if I had seen anything from him this this past season. Yeah, but his what, talent is like really high. Like if you put him in Sean McVay or Lafleur's offense, where they use yeah. more motion pre snap, like that, like you can do some stuff with him that I just don't think any Titans offensive coaching staff is going to be creative enough to do. But you could do some two back stuff or some like motion stuff with him that. Could really be fun to look at, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. We've got one more topic of conversation before we get to Stop the Nonsense, and that is former Titans star tight end Delaney Walker, uh, one of the best players I've ever gotten the, the pleasure of, of watching in person. He was an exceptional talent for the Titans. Uh, he's got he, – the, the wambulance is coming out with Delaney Walker last week or so. He's getting a little whiny, uh, says that – I have a heavy paraphrase, but I'm pretty sure this is true to the spirit of the quote. Y'all can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, he he won't be in the Hall of Fame because he played for the Titans and the Titans t- didn't get attention when he played for them. Is that isn't that basically what he said? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Well, yes. It, yeah. It it was basically. Uh, it, it is hard to kind of contextualize the quote. He was basically saying. Uh, I think the interviewer asked him, like, you know, people don't really like understand how good you were when you played. And it really hadn't been that long since you played. Why do you think that is? 
and he was like, well, you know, I played in Nashville and we didn't really have like the seasons we wanted to have. And well, like, like, and then he, but go ahead. Well, that, that part I'm, I'm with the whole, why don't people remember you? Yeah. Yeah. Because you played on terrible teams that no one cared about rightfully so. He was right. an exceptional and, player, but he didn't get attention because no one was watching the Titans, and no one should have been watching the Titans. That is 100% correct. Yep, and the, and then he slipped into, like, you know, it, he basically said the opposite of what every Titans fan is saying right now, which is he said, like, it, he basically said when people come out and they rank me as the fifth best tight end, Titans fans didn't scream and complain and cause as much of a fuss as other fans and that's like because their their footprint wasn't as big and because they didn't make as much noise i never got pushed up to where i like i should have been and i that's don't think not, that's true at all that's not true at all yeah so i think every time true. they would come out with like top t- tight ends list titans fans would always be like in the mentions of these big accounts saying Where's Delaney Walker? Like yes, Delaney they'd, Walker. Always, they'd always He's put like Zach Ertz and these very borderline <laughs> yeah. good tight. I mean, Zach Ertz was a, a really good player in his prime, but yeah. like he was never Delaney Walker. The problem, the the real problem with Delaney Walker in the Titans fan base, and it's not that he wasn't great, it's that his peak was when Gronk's peak and Jimmy Graham's peak was, and then when he had a chance to really continue that and like step away from those guys as they started falling off he got hurt back-to-back years didn't get a chance to do that and now he's jumping back into a league with you know Travis Kelsey and Kelsey was there before but I mean he's Kelsey's like unestablished like he and Kittle are like the number one number two tight ends so like there's not really a foothold for him now and he kind of missed his chance at like prominence as the undisputed tight end one, which he should have, if he'd been healthy, which he should have been from that, what, 18, 19 stretch like that, that could have been his chance, but you know, he missed it. And I think he looks back on that and thinks more like, well, I, I think it's more honestly, probably I would have a job if I was with a higher profile team because he's, his, his information is getting put out there a lot where he's saying, Oh, I'm talking to a couple of contenders. Same thing as Drew Casey, where it's like, oh, we're talking to contenders. We're weighing options. We've talked to up to four teams, and it's like, okay, like I mean, I I would love to see Delaney Walker back with the Titans just as a nostalgia thing, but he would have to be a very limited player, and like, he would have to be as good at blocking as he was because he I I really don't know that he would be a more dynamic receiving threat than Ferkser is right now. Like, I just don't think he has that in him. Yeah. I mean, my problem with all this is when Hall of Fame got brought up. Delaney Walker's just not a Hall of Fame player, and it has nothing to do with the Titans. Delaney Walker's not a Hall of Fame player because he spent eight years in San Francisco where he did nothing. That might have been Vernon Davis's fault, but that's just how this works. I was going to bring that up. Did he specifically say that he won't make the Hall of Fame because – of his time with the Titans? Pretty sure. Uh, I think, I, yeah, I think it was more like, why don't people realize you had back-to-back 800-yard receiving seasons? And it was sort of yeah. like that thing where it was like, well, now that you mention it, I was really great with the Titans, and if I played for a New York team, he this, these are, again, not his words, but he was basically like, if I played for yeah. 
Philadelphia or for a New York team, everybody would love me and my face would be everywhere and people would know my name. And like, it, I mean, it, yeah, but it's sort of he still wouldn't history. be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he also, if he played for those teams, he wouldn't have the same yards because a big part of the reason he had the numbers he did is because the Titans didn't have any other weapons. Like, yeah. I mean, it was him and Corey Davis at, or it was him and Rashard Matthews. Like, the, those were the Titans' options in the passing game. So, like, he got a lot of targets funneled into him. Funneled. From 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 2010 to 2020, the Titans had two dominant offensive players, Derrick Henry and Delaney Walker. And, and by that I mean, and I'm not putting A.J. Brown in that category. I mean these players who you know it's coming, and you line up to stop it, and you spend the whole week trying to stop that guy, and you put two or three guys on him, and by golly, you still can't do it. A.J. Brown hasn't quite gotten to that territory yet. He's a good player, and he's he's done nice things, but he's been a victim a lot of times of, you know, hey, A.J. Brown's good. We're going to put these two guys on him, take him out. With with Henry and with Delaney Walker, you couldn't do that. I mean, I remember watching Delaney Walker against the Packers. They'd put two, three guys Oof. on him, and he'd still have their heads turned around, running wide open, running crazy against them. I mean, that was a common occurrence with Delaney Walker. Really good player, but if, not a Hall I, of Famer. If I had to pick two players on the Titans offense that I've seen play right now uh, that are going to the Hall of Fame, it would be Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown. But we, we can have that conversation at a different time. But like I, just, just in terms of career trajectories, like I, I agree with you that there's been times where like because we just don't have a high-volume passing offense that – it's not like, okay, we're going to throw him the ball three times in a row. If you stop him, great, we'll punt. But if not, you know, he's going to take it to the house because he has more yards after catch than any other receiver in the NFL. But, like, I, I, I hear what you're saying, and I don't disagree, especially that first year when he had so many drops. It's time for Stop the Nonsense. And one thing that we love about Stop the Nonsense is we love when people send us Stop the Nonsense. And so please, if, if you are on Twitter and you see something stupid, Titans-related or otherwise, please send it our way. DM it to us, mention us, quote tweet it, carrier pigeon, whatever you can do to get it to us. We would love to see what you have in store for us in terms of a Stop the Nonsense. I will kick us off with our Stop the Nonsense segment this week. And since it's been a while, I have a lot to choose from um i could i could go with emmanuel acho who had a really dumb quote about richard sherman and his domestic violence incident and 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 it irks me that we as a as a society because he said if because emmanuel acho said a few smart things about racism we have now deemed him the life and wisdom expert but i, I will f- focus my attention on a topic that I've addressed before, and that is people on Twitter getting mad when they shouldn't get mad. Several times this summer, Stephen A. Smith has said a dumb thing, and people lose their minds. Now, the Shohei Otani comment, that was in another stratosphere. That that passed from the barrier from bad take to just stupid, 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 and also like with, with some some racism sprinkled in there, perhaps. But I will never understand why people get surprised when Stephen A. Smith says something dumb. 
He's he's made a career on it. Stephen A. Smith, the personality, is outstanding. He's hilarious. He's entertaining. He is a meme and a good one at that. But, like, Stephen A. Smith, the analyst, is kind of bad and kind of always has been. But yet people still freak. Can you believe Stephen A. Smith said this? And, and people do the same thing with, like, uh, uh, Max Kellerman and Skip Bayless and Colin Cowherd, these guys who have just proven to be terrible take machines. And the reason that they're able to is because they get this rise out of people. Now, Stephen A. Smith is entertaining and talented enough to where even if he wasn't getting the rise out of people, he would still be successful because he he's just has such a great personality. But, like, just calm down, guys. I don't know why you're getting so bent out of shape about all of this. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, it's it's weird to think that when we were growing up, uh, I guess Matthias and I more than you, Luke, like you could wake up in the morning if you were sick and you could turn on the TV and watch Stephen A. Smith and uh, Skip Bayless. Like, I don't think it was cold pizza. I forget what it was, but it was whatever. It, I mean, it was there was show. cold pizza. No? Was it? I think I, I loved cold pizza. So like in my head, that, like that's that like. 10 o'clock Eastern time. Like yeah. that's, that's what comes on in my head like, still to this day, which it doesn't, but you could see them sit and talk at a table and you're just like looking back on that. I'm like, that must've been the golden age for like truly unique and interesting, like old takes exposed fodder because they, they say they both say some of the dumbest stuff. And it's so, it's so entertaining. If you just think about it, like a cartoon, it's like, these people don't believe it. Like, don't, don't get so worked up over it. They're going to say dumb stuff because you're going to get upset. Like I mean, the, the greatest example I can think of is when Stephen A. was previewing a Thursday night football game between the Chiefs mm-hmm. and Chargers, and he started talking about this exciting matchup between Derek Johnson, who was retired, and Hunter Henry, who was on injured reserve. <laughs> that, that was fantastic. And you know what's crazy? Is people bring it up and it doesn't affect his career at all. Like if anything, it's it's like, oh, classic Stephen A. Like like, the classic Stephen A. Is he talked about a retired player and a young guy not playing? Who and it was like, like you said, what do you say? It was like week eight or something. It was like he'd been on injured reserve since like the second week of the season. Like he's been out all year long, and it was like what a crazy like series of words and a retired linebacker. Yeah. It was and and it, zero repercussions. Like oh, nothing came of it. No, his excuse, they, like the next day, I think he had an excuse, and it was like, you know, we have a lot of games, and sometimes I forget people's names, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, well, first off, like that's not, like oh you didn't gosh. say somebody's name wrong. You said like a, a pro bowl linebacker who retired who was like 36, and then you said a tight end who's like their only offensive weapon. But is that that was the, crazy? The funniest part um, of that is that. that that was what he chose as like the matchup to watch for the night. And yeah, neither one of that, them were active in the NFL. That is, that is really funny. Like the I'm more real. like and like the more you like peel back the onion and like when you watch the clip and it's like not a radio show, he's like talking and it's like there's people around him and stuff, and like they can't just be like, Oh, those people don't exist in this game. Like it's like you can't correct him. It's just so it's so crazy. Uh Coming up, coming up in a few weeks, we'll be previewing the Titans' season opener against Carson Palmer and the Arizona Cardinals. That's right. Kerry Collins takes on Carson Palmer in, in 
<laughs> the matchup that everybody wanted to see. Uh, okay, so while we're talking about like people not really knowing what they're talking about, uh, I sent you all this quote in the DMs. I think it was yesterday or two days ago. It's uh, from Jeff Perlman who quote tweeted somebody's report who said uh, the Mets are looking to make a big splash at the trade deadline, blah, 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 blah. Like the normal like pump up, I'm hearing that they're going to move some pieces and try to make a move. And his quote tweet was, uh, there was a time not long ago when you tell your SI Now editor uh, you have a, quote, industry source confirming something, uh, and he'd chew your ass out and say, that's not reporting. Nowadays, it's news. My head hurts. And it's like, look, like, you can be get-off-my-lawn guy if you want to. That's fine. But you have to understand, first of all, the medium you're using, because he tweeted this, which if there's any place on earth for you to fire your shot and just hope to get – some retweets and get viral and like people talk about your stuff. It's Twitter. And second of all, if you have to understand that your business is, if you, if you have any source and you have a contact that's like a, a real, who would have any idea and he sends you a text and he says, Hey, uh, like, you know, we're, we're starting to get, you know, we're starting to talk to some people like wh- whatever sport, baseball, basketball, whatever, where it's like we're starting to put out some feelers like we're, you know, we're trying to gauge prices because we might make a move because we think this team is ready to go to the playoffs. If you say that, that's that's good enough, because if you because who cares if you're right or wrong, but if you're right and it's two weeks down the line and you actually had a source you can retweet this and say, look, I told you so if you're right. Or you can retweet this and say, oh, I wonder if they were going after this player who just got traded, uh, but they didn't get a deal done. Like, if you're hearing that there's any involvement, you can make that speculation and you don't have to fear that somebody from the organization is going to come out and say, like, that's patently false. We weren't ever doing that because there is a grain of truth there like there is something there that could lead to a story and this is not you like going on air and breaking news or anything like that it's just you tweeting something so all that to say i just i hate these people who are like if you don't triple source something then it's not worth tweeting and it's just like you know like if you got a source you trust i've only seen one time in the past five years where somebody like tried to be first, like one of the big reporters tried to be first and then turned out they were wrong. And that was Ian Rappaport when he tweeted about um, Stefan Diggs getting traded wherever he was getting traded. You mean Antonio Brown? To oh, the Bills? That's right. yeah, that's right. And yeah, it was Antonio Brown getting traded to the Bills. And, uh, and then he basically said, like, no, I'm not doing that after both general managers, like, agreed to a deal. So it's not even like he was wrong. It was just like – he didn't wait until all parties had signed off on the deal. So I, I just, I hate that Twitter is the place where you should have it, it like fun, like speculative content from, from people you're hearing. And in all this stuff is th- this is Facebook nonsense. Yeah. State of state of journalism in, in 2021. I see it everywhere. It's not great. So I don't really have a, a funny stop the nonsense but i do have like something that happened uh i don't know if you guys saw the euro european championship tournament uh england lost to italy and a couple of england players ended up missing 
uh, their penalties in the penalty shootout, and it ended up causing them to lose the game. Um, and three of them were were black players. And unsurprisingly, after the game on social media, they get racially abused by just awful people from everywhere in the world. Uh, and they have to come out and apologize that they missed their penalties. And then they have to I just have to talk about the situation that that they're going through and that, you know, it doesn't make sense. Why? Why are we being racially abused? Stuff like that. And it's just like I can't believe this is still happening in 2021 that we're still attacking 19 year olds, 21 year olds, 23 year old professional players uh, for the color of their skin, first of all. Uh, and for for something that 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 just happens in a game, they're playing a game, and then you take it to a completely whole other level uh, and bring their their background, their ethnicity, uh, their race into it. It just doesn't. I, I don't understand. I don't understand what goes through people's heads, uh, especially on social media. And I don't know what the answer is, but. I know for sure that Instagram and Twitter and Facebook have to do a better job of counteracting uh, a lot of the racist abuse that happens online, not only for not only in sports and every in every walk of of, of the Internet. Uh, this is this is apparent and people just go un unbothered and it, it's just they never get in trouble. They never get in trouble like they'll get their account suspended uh, and then they'll just come back with another one and, and it's nothing. So. I don't know what the answer is, but at some point we have to – we're not going to evolve as a society, uh, at least not before we, we we move on to the afterlife because that just – we're not evolving uh, in that way. But at least technologically, we have to do something to combat this because it's unbelievable that it's still going on and we have so many – technological advancements but we still have just a bunch of racists online doing whatever the hell they want it i just don't get it yeah, yeah. like that and so who was the guy who was the isaka is that his name the the young kid who yeah everybody was like oh he's not like he's not starting why didn't he starting like and then he missed a penalty kick and everybody's like you suck and i'm like okay this is easy for me because I only know one name uh, today and it's this kid who didn't start because he's like 19 or something isn't he? like he's super young and uh, I was just like I, I guess I get from a football standpoint like you don't want to throw to like your fourth best wide receiver like in overtime if you're like on fourth like but whatever the equivalent would be to penalty kicks but like at the same time, it can't be the guy that you're mad didn't get playing time earlier, and then you're like, "This guy actually sucks." It's like, I mean, like, it, it's it's just it's one bad kick, and I get the tensions are high and all that, but I mean, you're you're right. Like, I mean, like, I I watched the, I mean, I watched that game. I watched them score early, then I watch, and I don't, I, I mean, I'm a big Nashville SC guy, but other than that, I don't watch much soccer, and so. uh like I like I saw them and I was like, oh, that was awesome! Like good for anybody who is in England. And uh, then everybody was like saying this hateful stuff online. And I was like, I don't like. I, I was like, I'm so confused. Like I don't, I don't understand how. Like, and I think uh, this is a dangerous reference to make, but I think on a uh, barstool, the barstool PFT. No, pardon my take. That's what it's called. Uh, the pardon my take show. They had. Uh, 
the the guy who comments and talks about uh, all their like soccer stuff, and he was like, "Look, like ha- like half the English team is black now. It's like it shouldn't like you can't want us like to play the game, but then when we miss it, it's you know this big like oh you suck like uh, and gets like racist and personal. So it's it's super weird and it's toxic and it's everywhere and that it, it all sucks. Indeed. Yeah. I just I just, I just don't understand what goes through people's minds. Like I'll I will be mad at players. Sure, maybe I'll put out a tweet like this guy sucks, but never, never, not for one second am I thinking, Oh, he sucks because of this and I'm gonna attack him because of the color of his skin. What kind of backwards thinking is that? That's like ninety early nineteen hundreds type of thinking, and that is a long time ago. And everything is different now. And at some point, people have to change because it's just, it's it's not right, man. It's not right. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. That's going to do it for us in our debut episode of season three. We will be back next week with uh, some new ideas and developments for our show in store. So be sure to stay tuned for that. We hope to see you then as we preview the opening of Titans training camp. Until then, for Will and Matias, I'm Luke reminding you and everyone else in the sports world to stop the nonsense. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.